It's great to see you again, Shane. And this morning, today, we're here to talk about causes that ANZ care about. And I want to start by asking, what is a credible cause for a bank? Well, that's a really good question. And actually, we thought about that long and hard in the sense there are a lot of things that we could care about. And, you know, if you went and polled our people, there's probably lots of things they our people do care about. But what we said is that ha- we really want to boil it down to its essence where where ANZ would have a point of view that is credible and meaningful and people would, you know, listen to. They may not agree with us, but they'd say that's a credible thing for ANZ to have a point of view on. I'm going to listen to this. So that's that's how we started. And so it has to be really embedded in our business. It's not an add-on. It's not something extra. It's part of what we do. So the, the causes that we defined, one is around housing, which is about affordability and access to housing. One's around the environment. So it's energy, water and waste. And the last one is about financial well-being. And we said those are things that people, I think, would sit up and listen to ANZ as a credible voice. Not the only voice, but a credible voice. So those are the causes that we think it's relevant for us to have a point of view on. Tell us about the role of corporations, banks, in uh, beyond making a profit in, in the big issues of our times. Everything we do, what we say, how we behave, actually has an impact on the whole of Australia and New Zealand. So for us to say, oh, we're just not going to have a point of view on these things, to me makes absolutely no sense. So I am an advocate of the kind of triple bottom line thinking that it's more than just having a profit. Uh, But I also believe that they're all kind of, um, they're aligned, that we're here for the long term. And in order to be successful in the long term, of course we need not just social license to operate. So it's not just about the license. We want social support. We want the community to say, we love ANZ. We think they're doing a great job in helping us. They are shaping a future that we subscribe to. So I do believe it's, it, there's a much broader responsibility, and that's why it, it is our job to speak out on causes and things that we care about that are relevant. I, I, I wanted to ask you uh, about the Royal Commission. I mean, this was a, a real surprise to people. Uh, and in the context of this conversation about causes, uh, to uh, this idea of banks directing the government, asking, and of course the moment you asked, you must have known you were going to get it. Yeah. Um, there's such a, a stagnancy in government at the moment. Uh, what challenges are you expecting? What worries you about next year while you're trying to implement these very important goals and big ideas that uh, this Royal Commission is going to be going... So look, so we recognise, and I can't speak for the other banks just talking for ANZ, we recognise that there's been this massive shift in terms of community expectations, okay? About, essentially about how we behave, conduct, you know? Whether we really are acting in the best interest of our customers and the community or not. And so that's, that's changed and we can talk about why that is, et cetera, but it's changed at pace. We acknowledge that. We accept that we have not necessarily behaved to the standards we should have in the past, and we're really busy on identifying those failures and remediating them. And we have a bunch of remediation principles. It essentially says when we find problems, we we, communic- we get, get our customers fixed up, back to in the situation they would have been otherwise, and we make sure those things never happen again. And so we're in the middle of doing that. At the same time, we recognise that community, there's an element of frustration about the time that this is taking and I guess a concern uh, about whether we're doing enough at the right scale and speed. So I think the demands for a Royal Commission are understandable. 
look, we personally don't think a Royal Commission is necessary. We've had lots of inquiries and things. We would rather just get on with fixing things. But we understand there's that community kind of desire. So we said, we would look, we don't have anything to hide. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be pleasant. I think, you know, the risk of Royal Commissions is high because they can go in all sorts of directions. But, you know, we are prepared to be accountable for what we've done in the past and what we're doing now about the future. So we just took a decision. Look, the, the, the debate itself was doing harm, and it was doing harm to our industry, to our reputation, and we felt it was better just to kind of cauterise this thing and just move on. And so that's why we wrote and we're, we're, why ANZ signed up to that uh, letter to the government. There are people, of course, that would say, oh, well, all of this is, you know, it's coming out now just before the Royal Commission starts. Oh, Uh, in terms of our purpose? Yes, yes. yes. So uh, that, uh, I mean, that would obviously be a cynical point of view that uh, banks should be, um, you know, we're so caring and sharing and and so on. Uh, How do you respond to that? Well, look, I, you know, and I understand that. And I think that is unfortunate. I mean, the reality of the purpose work, our, our thinking about this goes back at least three years um, and I, I have been really cautious about trumpeting it too much for exactly that issue. I, you know, we don't want to look sanctimonious. We don't want to, you know, suddenly look like we found religion on this. We just wanted to get on with it, you know. And so we've been steadily getting on with it and changing who we bank. And we have been making real decisions about that, changing who we bank, um, exiting customers that we don't feel comfortable, that we don't feel share our values around this. We've been making changes about how we behave, so remediating all those issues that we found and making sure we behave in a different way in the future. You know, we've been removing fees, cutting costs. We've been thinking about to, to customers, think improving our communication to them, so how we behave is really important. And then obviously this piece around the causes. So the timing, I guess, is unfortunate for the cynics who believe that it's all part of some conspiracy, but uh, the reality is this is about fundamental change for the, for the long term. Let's start with financial well-being. What are we talking about here with this term? Because it's a big, broad term. I think many people have a different idea of what it means. Um, and we, when you come up with terms like that, they can end up meaning nothing at all. So Yeah, and I have to be really honest here. I don't particularly like the term. So I, I'm struggling for a different one. But I can tell you what it means to me. So when I go back to our purpose which is about shaping a world where people and communities thrive. To me, the essence of a community is participation. That's what makes a community that people are involved and participate. And so our job as a bank is to enable that participation. And I think it goes to this fundamental belief that everybody in a community should have opportunity. And so that says about enabling, and how do you have opportunity in an economic sense is financial literacy, getting access to a job, being able to start your own business, being able to participate irrespective of how much money you have, where you come from, what your background is, et cetera, et cetera. So it is about inclusion and enabling you to participate in that community. That's what that's what it, financial well-being means to me. The term I came up with to help me get my head around it uh, was beyond necessity. So that we're talking about um, 
you know, all human beings, wherever they are, they need a roof over their head, they need food in their belly, they need clean water and they need some way of making money to achieve those things. And it's not just about the accumulation of wealth. No, and and that's where I – absolutely, it's not just about accumulation or more. It's about making the most of what you have so that you can be a member, you know, an active member of that community and participate. The most challenging part will be rethinking the practices and the the, the problem-solving approaches that you already have within the bank. Uh, I mean, people, certainly outside of banks, I think a lot of people feel that their bank, any bank, uh, aren't necessarily there for them when times are tough. So they feel banks are ferociously efficient at enforcing their own conditions when customers are in trouble. Mm. That that term you hear, the, the banks don't want to know me. Yeah. Um, how do you – is that part of financial well-being in terms of reaching out to the community? Well, what we know – you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, in terms of having access to finance, you need that access when things are not going well, right? And that, you, that's – Part, and that's actually what we do. And I guess as an industry, sometimes we've forgotten that. And, you know, not just here, but around the world's banks had got into maybe a bit too much of a product mode and a sales mode. But what we do know is what's interesting about our services around finance as opposed to many other um, services that people partake in is that it is from cradle to grave and actually beyond. You know, we are there for the long term. We are there for the long term, whether it's a corporate or an individual. And what we know is those moments of truth, when you do stand behind a customer or an individual, when things are tough and you back them, those are the things that people care about. That's that's what really matters and that's what cements long-term relationships. I mean, one of the things that I, you know, I, I shouldn't be surprised anymore, because, but I still am. And it's, a wonder, it's wonderful when you hear these stories of companies who say, you know, I remember when and, you know, such and such a time and ANZ stood behind us, you know, when things were tough and you didn't let us down and you worked with us to sort through that problem and that's what really set us up for our success. And those are the things that make you proud as a company. Um, We've still got to look after our shareholders' interests, obviously, um, but about getting that balance right in the long term is really important. So, yes, it is about seeing people through the hard times. More challenging too in today's environment because uh, you've got so much uh, disruption in the marketplace. So people might be really flush for six months, perhaps freelancing or uh, working in you know disruptive uh, market areas and so on. And and then they've got a few lean months. And how do banks adapt to that to support people's well? Well-being? That is a huge challenge. I think we talked about it last time, which is you know the fundamental nature of work and the way the economy is working is changing. Changing. You know, the days of people having secure employment for 30 or 40 years, right, uh, they're not gone. There's, that's still available to a lot of people, but it's less prevalent than it used to be. And more and more people are participating in, you know, the kind of gig, the classical kind of gig economy. And we, we, we can't, we have to, so we have to adapt. I mean, we have to move on and figure out, well, how do we service those people? You know, so I don't think we have all the answers yet today. But the, the reality is that technology is changing. We also have much more information available today about our customers that allows us to predict whether people are going to be good credits in the sense of you know these are the kinds of people who have good habits who we can rely on. Because at the end of the day, banking is relatively simple. It is about character. It is about do, when people come in and they want to borrow money from us, do they have the character and the wherewithal to kind of do the right thing and repay it? And you know, today. We have to change the way we think about assessing that character. It's not just, oh, well, where do you work? 
That's a really big change, isn't it? Because that is asking of your staff to have a real suppleness in their thinking uh, and in their judgment, which also involves a lot of trust yes. uh, on the part of those staff to be able to to read those kind of cues uh, without the normal, very strict parameters that have guided it. In the well, past. I think that's a huge opportunity for us because I think the easy answer is to go down those strict parameters and say, well, you know, if you want to borrow, how much is your house worth? You know, those and, and think of it in a very kind of transactional way. But ultimately what we know, as I said, it, it does come down to people's character. I mean, I, I mean, I've been in banking for a long time and people in the company, likewise, when you sit around and talk about um, situations we've been in, we know there are customers that'll just go out of their way to do the right thing and you can just trust them and you just know they're good. And look, sometimes there'll be a mistake and we have to write off debt. And, and, and in a funny way, that's, that's okay. As long as we've done our due diligence and we've kind of really are dealing with the people who are doing their best for us and, the, and they have the character that we, that we want. Let's uh, move on to environmental uh, sustainability, which is your second cause. Uh, it's a really big one, obviously, to help sustain the planet. ANZ wants to help sustain the planet uh, and to be a credible voice on this issue. There's a perception that banks have been dragged kicking and screaming into uh, being good environmental corporate citizens. Is that unfair? I don't know, possibly. I mean, it's possibly fair. I mean, I think the thing is, you know, the standards and community expectations around this have changed dramatically. They've certainly changed in my lifetime, but they've, they've changed dramatically even in the last five to ten years. You know, banks are large kind of super tankers by, by nature, just, you know, shifting us is difficult. Not because we're resistant, it's just the nature of what we do. So, you know, perhaps we've been a bit slow to it, but I think the reality is, you know, looking ahead, we're totally signed up to this. And, you know, what I say to people who talk about the banks and about the environment and somehow we don't care. You know, we live here too. I mean, you know, we, we, our staff are part of the community. We live in this environment. We do care. We, we do care about the impact that we have. And our impact is really at multiple levels. A, as a company, we have a direct impact. But, also, but more importantly, we have this massive impact because of who we bank and, so, and, and how we behave. And so, yes, we can actually have, use that impact for good, which is what we've elected to do, or, or not. And so, so as I said, it's a really important issue. Yes, we're not going to solve it on our own. Perhaps we've been a bit slow to it, but we're really moving fast on this. The commitment that ANZ is making to focus on three big topics, energy, water and waste, requires you to have a point of view on what the future might look like. How do you see the future in order to be able to get a credible view on such significant well, issues? Well, that's a really good question. And again, this is totally aligned with how we think about the whole bank, irrespective of whether it's the environment, whether it's just how we interact with our customers. I mean, our fundamental view is we don't know. I can't predict what the future will look like in 30 years. I don't know what it's going to look like in 10. I mean, we remind ourselves it's only, you know, that the smartphone, the iPhone is 10 years old. Imagine if we were sitting here 10 years ago, none of us would have predicted how that would have changed our life. So I think it's, at some level it's, a bit, it's futile for me to sit and say, well, I can see the future. I'm going to spend all my time thinking about what that future looks like. Um, I don't know. But what we have to do is build in this agility that says actually 
going back to that super tanker comment, we need to be much more nimble so that we can change as community expectations change, as our customer expectations change, as technology changes. We need to be able to change at pace. And so it's really about building this inherent nimbleness or agility into the organisation. For those customers that have a massive footprint, how do you reconcile that? Well, we work with them to make sure. So again, going back to our purpose and the causes, we, one of the really important things that we have, the most, in some ways the most fundamental decision we make is who do we bank, right? Who are our customers? We do have a choice. So we have to make sure that the, our customers' values are aligned with ours. We've said we want to shape a world where people and communities thrive. So we have to find customers who are aligned to that. And if they're not, then we don't bank them. Or what we do is we work really hard to bring them along, and that's about. And that you know, it, it, we work a lot uh, in this area in terms of customers making. You know, not all the customers are aware of the environmental issues as much as we are in the front page. So we educate, um, talk to them about the impacts that they're having, talk to them about the real costs that that implies for the community and for them as a as a business, and then we encourage them through you know all sorts of incentives to do the right thing from you know whether it's raising environmental standards or whether it's just raising standards to do with human rights or waste or whatever it might be this obviously is a a, a different conversation that you'd have in Australia or New Zealand to one you might have in India or other parts of the world how does uh, the the principles of the the causes uh, play out in terms of very, very different places with really different challenges. So we can't say we care about these things in Australia, but we don't care about these things in Indonesia. I mean, that's that would be hypocritical, and we don't. So we care about them everywhere that we operate and actually every, everywhere else. But we have to recognise that the starting point's different. So our job is, you know, I, I was at a, a session the other week, we are talking about innovation actually, and one of the teams quoted Elon Musk that, you know, you take progress over perfection. And that essentially is summing up our view on all of these issues, progress over perfection. So we're not seeking that we must have zero waste everywhere we operate, for example, but we want to show progress towards that, irrespective of what your starting point is. And we acknowledge that some people are further behind. And that's big to nature of you know economic development and other things. But we have a role in encouraging and facilitating improvement and progress.